And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another Foot in the Opposition camp from us up the Glovers cast and we thought considering we've got a double header against Taunton to look forward to, we should have a double header of guests on this little mini episode. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the Glovers cast a commentary duo from Taunton Town, Rich Wilcox-Smith and John Reed. Gentlemen, how are we? Very well, thanks. Yourself? Not bad at all. Rich, you good? I'm good, thank you, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having us on. No, you're quite right. Just, I just want to add a little bit of context for for the listeners because we are recording this ahead of the games on the 23rd. So if something utterly ridiculous happens in either the Taunton or the Yeovil games on the 23rd, and we don't talk about it, that's why we can't see into the future. But it's busy. It's Christmas. We've got to get it done. Um, let's start by addressing the green and white elephant in the room here, gentlemen. Am I right <laughs> in thinking that you are both actually Yeovil town fans? Correct. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty charge, yes. Uh, okay. Well, that's that works, I think, for us. Uh, that absolutely works. Um, I, I'm not sure if I want to call it split loyalties. Um, let me get a little bit of a, a rundown on the pair of you. Rich, if I can start with you, just because your screen's big on my screen. Um, how long have you been working with Taunton in a media capacity? How long did that sort of, how long has that been going on? Um, so I started um, basically doing commentary last season only via Twitter. Um, because we didn't have the capability of um, doing what we have now through Mixler. So mm. it was last season where I um, volunteered to be a co-commentator on the opening home game of the season, I think it was, against Dartford. Um, and that soon became, actually, Rich, can you do it every game instead? And I don't mind. I, every home game I did it last season. Um, didn't mind that at all. Got to the end of last season and... Um, I was looking for a little bit of help, and hence where I got John on board. Well, let's bring you in, John, then. How how did that conversation start, and how quickly did you say, yeah, go on then? Well, it started off, Rich was tweeting, saying, oh, Taunton are playing Weymouth tonight, uh, doing the co-coms, doing the commentary on my own. And I was like, well, if you need someone to give you a hand, I'm happy to do so. You oh, do you want to come down to Taunton right now? I'm like, well, I'm actually driving up to Alton Towers, so no. But we'll actually we'll talk about it some more. And yeah, one thing led to another, and it spitballed all the way to, right, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. And I'm like, brilliant. Let's get all the equipment. And, and, the, <laughs> Pretty and, much. The, equipment, and the equipment then came. And now this season, are you doing both home and away, guys, this season? Do you do all or just home games? There's only there's only one game that neither of us have actually made it to. So one of us has gone to pretty much every game. And that would be me because Rich has had to miss quite a few for personal and work reasons. But when Rich isn't there, I'll take over the main commentary duties and get someone else in the media team to help me. Nice. Are you both enjoying it? It's a great job. I loved. I love doing when when I get a chance for the BBC. I absolutely love it. Do you both really enjoy it? Oh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, I love it. it it's... um. It's something that I've always wanted to do. 
um, whether that being working for the BBC or whatever, you know, to get this opportunity. And when our chairman said, look, we actually want to try and build our media presence as well. So doing this whole radio thing is an absolutely great idea. You ta- you basically take control of it. Um, yeah, love it. Going home and away, um, going to grounds and ticking them off on the list. Uh, it's, it's been good. Some of the some of the press boxes have been great. Some others haven't. Um, we won't go into that in too much detail. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's growing. It's growing the club um, as well. That's what we're that's what we're aiming to do. And I think up until now we're up to fourteen thousand listens in total. John, I think, isn't it? You're you're a bit over exaggerating. It's on to eleven thousand. Okay, well. Clear, but... clear. Considering we weren't expecting ten thousand for the whole season, hitting eleven thousand before Christmas is brilliant. Love that. I love that. Um, let's let's move on to a bit of football then, shall we? And we'll talk about a few a few key players. There are, of course, lots of crossover. And I guess, Rich, if you've been with Taunton and working with Taunton a little bit longer, you might be best placed for this. Then, um, Jake Wannell, um, how surprised, if at all? Are you that he's made a transition to full-time football? Because it's the same level at the end of the day. Um, has his ability always kind of shown through at the back end of last season that that, that transition was always something he could make? Yeah, Jake last season was fantastic in that back four. Um, and you could, to be honest with you, you could always tell that he was going to go higher. Um, and he even said that he wanted to try full-time football. Granted, he's in his late 20s and, you know, as a footballer, that's pretty late in his career um but i'm not surprised that he's fitted in so well with the the oval defense at the moment and obviously with jay coming in with him as well um it's yeah it's no real surprise at all well you 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 mentioned him there let's let's have a word on jay falston um by the time this goes live yoval fans will have seen him twice but of course he won't be eligible to play in either of the taunton games as a as a part of the, the Taunton loan deal. John, what do you think over time, maybe the rest of this season, Yeovil fans will get out of Jay Falston? Jay is, not only is he a really good footballer, he's a really good lad as well. He is very friendly, very chatty. So if you get a chance to talk to him, he will talk your ear off. He is Welsh, so kind of uh, ignore the accent. But it... <laughs> He's got a hell of a left foot on him as well. Some of the free kicks he's done just this season I've seen have been phenomenal and his crossfield pings have been brilliant as well. So look out for those. Set piece specialist possibly, Rich. Although in a team where we've got a few set pieces, um, to add that extra little firepower, we've seen what he can do against Yeovil in a friendly, I think it was. He scored a, a cracking goal. We we That's right, yeah. Are right to think quite highly of him, right? Yeah, you basically, Yogle fans should be happy that they've finally got Jay on the books mm. because um, he was rumoured, to be fair, during the summer, but with the injury that he had, it probably put a little bit of delay on it. But yeah, if, when it comes to set pieces, last season, if you get a chance to take a look at Jay Folsom's free kick, um, it was not, sorry, two seasons ago when we played Timberton and won the promotion uh, back at the International League South, um, managed to take a look at that because, yeah, that is postage stamp goal. What exactly you want from a free kick taker? Nice. Um, speaking of those who who cannot play, Malachi Linton, obviously on loan in the other direction, um, has spent the season with Taunton. A tough injury. Am I right in thinking that was on the four G at Avely where he it got was, an injury? Yes. Um, 
John, sum up his loan spell for us so far. Has he uh, has he managed to sort of come back from that and 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 get going back again in 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 the minutes? He's not played as much as I'd say me or Rich would have liked. But then again, we're not the manager. We don't see him in the training, in the warm ups. How he fits well with the team. But when he does come off the bench, he looks like a bright spark, and he looks like he he is trying to get that goal to kick him kick his Taunton career forwards. Sounds quite familiar, that. I seem to remember saying something very similar at the back end of last season, getting a goal at Halifax and going, go on, kick on, and he never yeah. kind of did. Who's who's keeping, him out, who's keeping him out of the team, Rich, up front? So, at the minute, uh, <clears throat> we've got, um, we've, to, to be honest, we've got a good choice of strikers to pick from. Um, we've got Nick McCutty, who is getting to the point of uh, end of his career. Um, but he's the big target man. Um, we've got Nat Jarvis. Um, no, I would say for the, the fixture on Boxing Day, you're probably going to see Nat Jarvis start up top, probably alongside Ross Stern at the moment. Um, there's a lot of rotation to be fair with our front, with our uh, front two, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, just like to see Jarvis hopefully get on the goal sheet. Uh, Goal scoring uh, sheet a bit more, um, and obviously McCutty. I think he's more of a target man. He's more of our impact player, and uh, that's where I kind of think where Rob Dre sees Mal as well at the moment. He kind of sees him as an impact player off the bench at the moment. Fair to say, it's not been an easy time of it recently. I saw the game in midweek was abandoned, uh, not abandoned, called off, postponed uh, because of the pitch. The pitch then had some emergency works. Is that right? In midweek, some drainage has come in to make life a little bit easier. Yeah. So... yeah. Sorry, John, go on. We had, yeah, there was a company that came in, uh, was it yesterday? Which Wednesday or Wednesday or Thursday. And again, they were digging up in one of the corners, getting under... So plumbing and stuff sorted because it's been quite a few games now where the pitch has been waterlogged and we've had to postpone and like we've been looking at how many home games we've had since October and it's been two. Yeah. So it's been a bit of a struggle to try and get games on. We've had a lot of away games as well. Mm. So it's not really been fun for us to travel to away games when we've not been to home in two months. <laughs> And it was it was a big game, Rich, as well, wasn't it? It was going to be a packed out away end. Torquay were coming to town. Is that a, is that a shame to have it postponed in in terms of what that brings to the club, or is it a bit of a blessing in disguise in terms of getting players back fit, ready, and and roaring ahead of the Oval duo? It's a kind of a catch twenty two, to be honest, because we have got players out who we need, we need back to be fully fit, but obviously, whether you've seen during the news and stuff that. Mm has been made public that we we are struggling with finances. Um, but with only playing two home games since October, that would have been, you know, I think Torquay sold out their allocation, which was about 800 odd tickets. Um, and the home allocation, I think we got to about 600 sold before the night. Um, so you're looking at, what, 1,500 crowd. And that would have put a lot of, you know, coppers in. Um, yeah, it was dis disappointing. Um, I could see why a lot of fans were frustrated, but at the end of the day, you cannot help the weather. Um, and the problem is that that pitch has been like that for a while. Um, it's built on uh, a bit of a slope, not as bad as what the old Hewish used to be. Um, but the old pitch is based, the, the pitch at Taunton is basically um, an old landfill site. 
and it's only a certain um, meterage until you get down to the clay and then underneath that is all the um, landfill. So not a lot of work can be done, but what has been done is hopefully going to help for the rest of the season, fingers crossed. What that does mean, I guess, is that the last time that uh, Taunton played, it was a really tough... 3-0 loss to Haven. I mean, we got spanked by Haven as well, so we're not going to go too much into it. But that the reaction to that reading of the manager's comments and the social media output just felt like a really difficult day. How how tough was that as, as a result? Because Haven are struggling. John, better take this. I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> go then, John. Jump in. What ones that Rich actually missed? Um, first of all, I've got to give credit to Haven because they came out and they just ran us absolutely ragged. Uh, they looked like a completely different team than when we played them earlier on in the season. Uh, I think that's the new manager bounce and playing players in their right positions and everything will actually do that. Um, but I think it's not as bad as it looks, but because we're comparing it to what we did the game before where we beat Farnborough 4-0, to then go and lose 3-0 haven't. Everyone's thinking the wheels are falling off the bus. But it was just one of those games where nothing would fall for us, nothing went right, and everything went right for Haven't. So we'll just kind of have to brush past it and go, it was a one-off bad game and see how we go from here. I was going to mention that that Farnborough game. Um, Rich, were you at the Farnborough game? Because it was described afterwards as the best ever win at that manager. I've got a, I've got a couple of shaking heads. Rich, you weren't at the game, right? Unfortunately not. <laughs> but you stay quiet. John, back to you. Uh, it was described as the best ever Taunton win at this at this level. That's that's a, quite a statement. Would you would you agree from what you've seen? It was one hell of a game. Every attack we had looked like it could lead to a goal. We didn't look like we we're really like going to concede any chances, let alone goals. It looked like everyone was happy and like the team cohesion was really high, especially after what had happened during the week before with the finances and stuff, you, you'd have kind of forgiven them if they came out when they were a bit of a slump because they hadn't been paid or whatever. But they came out fighting. They had a lot of fun and they enjoyed their football, which is what is all about at the end of the day. Um, I've got to ask about the abandoned game due to fog. Were you two, were you two there? Yes. Yeah, oh. we were. How how do you how do you commentate on a game you can't see? We play music and let the referee <laughs> make his decision. That's what we did, ended up doing. <laughs> the thing was, I kind of put a curse on that going up um, on the coach because we travel with the team yeah. and traveling up that whole journey. It was just it was foggy and misty all the way on the motorway, and I stupidly made a commentator's curse and said, "I haven't been to a game that's been abandoned in a while." I know. And, I know. And literally, we got to Eastbourne and you could tell, because where Eastbourne's ground is, it's like built like a marshlands area. Um, and you could kind of tell that there's there was fog around. But at the, when we got there about one o'clock, I think it was, it was, it was fine. You know, you knew it was around. It was like, as long as the game carries on, we'll be okay. It got to about 35 minutes and the, the fog was just coming from left to right as um, where we were looking and it was getting thicker and thicker. The, if the game had started at four o'clock when it was due to start, you probably could have played a little bit longer. You may have dragged the result out, but because we waited for 20 minutes, that fog then just boom, 
they came out to do a test. Uh, both linesmen ran, uh, ran opposite each other. And honestly, you could not see the flag on the other side. It was it was thick. And the annoying thing was that 45 minutes was probably some of the best football we've played all season. Oh, geez. That is quite a commentator's curse. That might be my favourite commentator's curse of all time. Um, <laughs> again, though... <laughs> no, I imagine not. I imagine, though, we've, we've touched on it already, but the teams had to fork out for a coach, had to fork out for all that planning and prep and getting a team to Eastbourne to then not get anything back and not even, and to have to do it again at some point, probably on a Tuesday night in the middle of winter at some point. That's just another little sort of sting in the tail for a, a club that needs a couple of quid right now. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, no. Because not only that, it's the fact that half our squad don't actually live in Taunton. Um, we on the away on away games, instead of going the three hundred three and going that way to London, we've got to go to Bridgewater to pick up players, then to Bristol to pick up the majority of them because half of them live in Wales. And you know the expense of travelling all that way and coming back down to Eastbourne, and it's not easy. Um, some people say that we shouldn't really be in this league if we can't afford it. But at the end of the day, we've deserved to be there. It's um, merit. It's merit. It's on merit. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we haven't had Lady Luck on our side for a little while. Mm. Sounds to me like a packed out green and white away and 860 tickets sold, done, dusted. Hopefully a few extra home fans as well or for the for the New Year's Eve game. Of course, it's going to make a bit of a difference on and off the field, right? Well, absolutely. Especially with not having the games in November and most of October, actually having a pretty much fully packed stadium will not only boost the finances, but boost the players' confidence and like, anticipation and eagerness to want to get going and kick on. Yeovil fans, if you are going to uh, Taunton, buy an extra pint. Make sure you get your programmes, stick an extra couple of quid in if you can, because it feels like it could go a long way. Um, the start of this season, at one point, Yeovil were top and Taunton were second after, what, 10, 12 games? And yeah. there would be, you could be forgiven for having some dreams, some, some really big dreams. But for all of the reasons we've already spoken about, that form has dipped off. It's lower to mid-table at the moment for Taunton. What constitutes a good season for Taunton from here, do you think? Oh, good question. Um, honestly, survival, I would say. Um, I would like to say, because considering we've got games in hand, I think probably John will agree with me. I think if we were to finish 12th around there, I'll be, I'll be happy. To be honest with you, even if we finish one place above relegation zone, that's what we're asking for. You can't argue with that, really. Even after the even after the amazing start, because running second, playing good football, winning games against teams that raised eyebrows, is there not a part of that club that goes, if we can just get on a bit of a roll, get some money in the coffers, we can have another little crack at trying to look at that top seven. Is it? Are we completely rolling out the top seven? from being second after that great start, is the top seven out of bounds, out of reach? You say second after the, the start we had, but that was only like the first seven or eight games. It's a 40-odd game season. So we don't want to count our eggs, before the, count our chickens before they've hatched. 
Mm. So we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Because realistically, we do have one of, if not the smallest budget in this league. We are, by just at the moment, fielding a team, basically overachieving mm. in this league. So having expectations of, oh, let's finish in the playoffs, to me is unrealistic. I'd happily just have a consolation season, just kind of settle, get used to the league, get used to the opposition, and in like three or four years, build towards getting higher in the league. I think, to be honest, if um, if we were to aim for the playoffs as well, and even to get into them, I think it would be a financial disaster, to be honest, because it would be um, expectations to be too high and stuff like that, and we 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 don't want to jump before um, before we can walk, really uh, run before we can walk, even. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's it's unrealistic we can get there because we've got some brilliant results at the start of the year. You know, we got a draw against Weymouth um, when we were um, we were losing, and some of the results we've had, like Tombridge away, was a <laughs> great result. Um, it, it's not unachievable. But I don't really want to be even talking about the playoffs in all fairness. Fair, fair play. Um, I was asked. I was going to ask for a couple of names to look out for. Doing a bit of research, doing a look at uh, what um, what kind of squads you've got. Lloyd James picked uh, picked out of my sort of list um, a name that plenty of Yeovil fans will know. Spells at Exeter, Southampton, and has come across us a number of times. But of course, he also scored that goal last season. The only goal between the two after a hundred and however many God minutes it was uh, in the FA Cup. Um, were either of you two at those games, either as a fan or as working? Will will that result have any bearing at all? Will they use that result in the in the, in the the pre-match? Um, I, I was at both games um, mm. as a fan. I wasn't working, actually, like those two games. Um, the, squad, the squad hasn't really changed that much, in all fairness. Um Obviously, with Jake and Jay leaving, I think that's the only two changes that has happened to the squad. With obviously a couple incomings as well, um, I'm hoping they can build on it. To be honest with you, um, as long as it's a better game than it was at Hewish when it was nil nil, and that's probably one of the worst games I've seen. <laughs> Honestly, I I was at both in the green and white end, and I'm gonna say it wasn't the most attractive of footballs from either team, especially in the first game. But I reckon Taunton will use the replay as fuel to say, look, we have beaten them. We can beat them. So let's go out and do it sort of thing. Give us a couple of names, John. Who are we looking out for on Boxing Day? Uh, So the one that will jump straight to mind is in... One of our centre-back positions, Austin Booth. We okay. signed him in the summer and to replace one all, essentially. And he's been a rock out at the back ever since. He long throws, can overlap, got pace, has height. He is one of our constant performers and one of the highest rated ones that me and Rich can talk about at the club at the moment. And there's... Also, I'd like to say Zach Smith's really good. He's a versatile player. He can play basically anywhere. He started off at wing back at the start of the season and and somehow now he's moved his way up to central attacking midfielder kind of position. 
and so he can do it all essentially. So I'd say those two are my two to look out for. Rich, give us a third name. Um, the other one to look out for is a little pocket rocket, Dylan Morgan. Um, if he starts, that is, he plays kind of behind um, the front two, mainly. He's a bit of a fox in the box. He he, he literally has a free role at times. Um, and my God, if he, if he has a chance to have a shot at goal, he will do. Um, another one to probably look out for, I would say, if you would um, asking for another one, it'd probably be Ross Stern. He is only like five foot nothing, and my God, he will do a challenge with a six foot centre back, and he will win the header. How he does it, he does. Say <laughs> so he's kind of got a Darren Way esque springs in his feet for when Darren Way used to jump and get a header. Ross yeah. Stern's got the same. Good reference, like it. Um, <laughs> How, how are you expect? I, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this question. Are you expecting Taunton, particularly at Hewish Park on Boxing Day, is it back to the wall, park the bus stuff, or are Taunton of not not designed for that? Are you going to come and go, well, we might as well have a crack at this and see what happens? I don't think Rob's going to be scared, to be honest with you. I think we don't genuinely go out to park the bus or defend mainly. He's got his squad. He's ha- he has his game plan, which, to be honest with you, hasn't really changed a lot. Granted, the formation will change um, on occasions, but the game plan is exactly the same. Um, I can't see us defending. I don't know if John agrees with me or not, but no, I think it will be see what happens in the first 10, 15 minutes and then he'll go from there. No, it sounds very weird after losing 3 0 to Haven, but our defensive line is very solid with Lavacum in goal and the usually three centre-backs and then wing-backs. They they know where each other's going to be. They trust each other. So they're not going to just sit back and let Yeovil come on and attack. They know how each other are going to play, how each other are going to, where they're going to be and they've got each other's back. So I can't see Taunton come back, sitting back and changing how they have been for the last two, three, four months. Having said that, I also don't think Taunton are going to go all-out attack because then that will compromise the defensive line. So there's going to be a nice little middle ground, I'd like to think, which will be, we'll kind of counter, but not sit back. Yeah, we've, we've, we've played that a lot this season where it's... A very patient build-up where we wait to see what happens and if there's a chance of a counter-attack or a loose ball, we'll go after that and we'll try and get an attack out of it. That's generally what tends to happen against the teams who, on paper, should be better than us, in a way. What about then when that goes back on New Year's Eve then? Home, home crowd, I guess the idea of shutting up shop goes completely out the window. 100%. Yeah, it will be... If we play towards our normal end first, which will be where the Yeovil fans are going to be based, um, and we're attacking the home end uh, in the second half, then the big the crowd the crowd's going to help. Um, when Taunton do get a big crowd, they do help. Um, I, I guess that's ha- that happens with most clubs, to be honest. Um, but yeah, we're not going to go defensive at home. We don't play defensive football at home. It's, I think, as well. 
I don't think we can afford to be defensive at home because it's going to be a big crowd. And not only is Rob, the manager, going to want those fans to come back, the chairman's going to want those fans to come back as well. It's got to be entertaining football. Let's finish with you guys. I, I'm not I'm not one to do predictions, especially when it is clearly such split loyalties. I want to ask you guys about your personal thoughts. Are you both going to Hewish Park? Are you both going to be yep. commentating at yep. Hewish Park as two people who like yep. their media roles and, of course, like the two clubs involved? That's got to be quite a cool feeling for the pair of you. Oh, it's really exciting. I can't wait. To commentate on... Uh, a Yeovil game, let alone a taunting game, but to be in the press box um, at Hewish Park is like, it's going to be a dream come true. And even just to be sitting next to Sheridan, who we're both friends with anyway, um, to just get a little bit of pre-match advice from her and sitting next to her, I yeah, can't wait. And the, I, I guess the reverse fixture, something similar again, it's the uh, we're talking the game being off. This is going to be the first, maybe biggest home game of the season thus far until maybe Torquay turn up. Oh, 100%. This one's going to probably be bigger than the talk you want anyway. Well, um, I'd, I'd like to wish I'd like to wish you two well genuinely on your commentaries. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful job to do. I hope you're commentating on taunt and losses, but that's fine because I have to like that. Um, we're going to wrap it up, guys. I've kept you probably for longer than I was planning to anyway, so I just want to say a massive thank you. Massive go well for, you, for yourselves on air for, across the two games. Um, I really hope taunt and find their way back sort of after a tough little period, um, but not until the new year is what I would say to that. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Go!